What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your favorite host here, Monster D-Face, in the building, bringing you guys another episode this week. This episode is, of course, as you can see, a spicy one. Take a look at that title. We will get to those details here shortly, but before we do, we have a lot to talk about leading up to, of course, this, uh, this week's Placement Cup. That's where we're going to see some of these early, big, major season developments start to take place before we get into the uh, FNCS later in the year. Regardless of what, we thank you guys for downloading the episode, tuning in with us, checking in with us here every single week. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We're back in continuing the uh, succession of episodes. Last uh, podcast we just dropped was with Rody Bros. If you guys haven't checked that out, go check it out. He's an awesome creator. Tons to learn from him. And I think you guys are going to absolutely enjoy that episode. And of course, do not forget to leave us a view, hate comment, love comment, email, all that good stuff, whatever you want to go ahead and do. But let's go ahead and hop into the goods here. We got, of course, our returning uh, host. We got Panda SBG. But first, Panda, my boy. What's up, brother? Hey, man, listen, it's good to be on a, a regular schedule. Honestly, we said in uh, 2021, we're like, listen, we're going into 2022. We need to be as regular as possible. We kind of fell off the wagon a little bit when we were in Copenhagen. But outside of that, right, it, it's been pretty consistent. We're back at it. But SVG, my man, you got a lot going on. Oh, boy. Yeah, I just took on another project I started Love last it. night, too. So <laughs> it, it's it's fun. It's fun. I like being busy. Um, the big thing is the, the competitive awards, recognizing all the best players, people, managers, coaches, orgs, all that goodness within the Fortnite scene. Uh, I've been working on that, working with uh, my graphic designers. We're actually getting a map made to recognize the winners within the game this year. Uh, your boy, Autumn, that you threw over to me hey. uh, via tweet monster he's gonna be making the map for him so shout out to him uh and we also have a co-host of the awards panda you just announced that as well but look out uh december 19th we're going to be posting those votings for the community let you guys get involved so if you have someone you want to win an award follow comp awards fn on twitter and that's the best place to get involved heck yeah that makes me happy that all damn decided he was gonna help you <clears throat> came across uh your your tweet just for a little bit of context guys just by a whim i was just scrolling twitter and then uh somebody's gun is tweeting out like oh snap need someone to help me make a map and i was like well i know one like god map maker i use this guy for like activations on a regular basis i was like tag him we'll see if he can do it you guys got to get it done love 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 that it's awesome being able to connect you with uh some good people out there man so let's get it esports awards for uh the competitive fortnite scene is dropping soon y'all heard it there uh continue to support guys we'll be doing some dope stuff with that and uh i just want to see who uh who the community nominates it is definitely a a good way to round out and wrap up the year and panda you brought up a great point at the start of this year we did all commit together to run the podcast for the full year and we basically did it like this undoubtedly would not be possible without of course panda joining on early when i gave him a shot and then of course svg we started as a guest, but I was just like, well, why the heck not? This dude's, of course, a part of the community. He's a perfect fit. <laughs> and it just all sort of happened. Um, so thank you, guys. We are at the very end of the year. This could very well be the last episode we dropped this year for the Fortnite podcast. Um, but I don't think so. I think we'll get another one in next week. We did update our recording schedule to Wednesdays. Just works a little better, I think, on all of our schedules across the board. So very happy to kind of have that and looking forward to the new year. But Regardless of what, let's go ahead and start jumping into some uh, some of these new changes coming to the game. 
I want to start at the very tippity top. I want to begin with hot fixes and changes. Um, this just sparked a huge discussion across the Fortnite space. Some of you guys may have been following Fortnite for many years, like us here. Um, you may not have this, you know, the encyclopedia of knowledge of the game's history, but uh, myself, Panda, SVG, I think know very well because we've been talent and players alike for many, many years. How frustrating the earlier days were, of, of course, being a competitor inside of Fortnite. Um, and the quality of life changes have kind of improved over the years. The transparency, the communication, the direction of all um, basically started to uptick in. I feel like the recent hotfixes and changes are just a continuation of just that narrative. Um, some super awesome updates coming in to adjust and balance the game just this weekend. Um, somebody's gonna walk us through some of those changes and uh, feel free to stop at any of them. And we could talk about the significance of those because we had a great, great patch. So I wanna throw a curveball. I know we didn't talk about this right away, but Hogman and the team have been stepping it up and I feel like they've been given a lot more leniency to actually make the changes for competitive and I believe that that team the competitive team is gaining more power to do what they want to do. Um, part of that is because you know Hogman retweeted the the changes and said the team work extra hard on these this season to identify key issues and come up with meaningful solutions. So that was right after they put out put out these changes. Let's walk through them. So first one, capture point time reduced went from 60 seconds to 45 seconds. That's essentially to capture the flag at the POIs that gives you loot once you sit in it. Tactical pistol Wait, I, I want to yeah, I want to jump in here. the The cool thing about the the capture flag system too in competitive, uh, I'm not sure if you guys realize this, but there are no llamas. So this is almost the direct replacement, if you will, um, at POIs. That's basically accessible to everyone, and you can strategize a way to get to these points. Metal drops from these capture flag uh capture flag point systems. Besides just the extra heals, upgraded weapons, and and kind of the loadout arsenal upgrade. So just just take that into mind when we start looking to uh, watch comp on how teams will probably utilize that and maybe just, again, swing through areas to see if anyone put the time investment into uh, getting those capture flag systems because there's no more llamas, but there's also not much metal on the map. So, uh, yeah, feel free to continue now, jumping into the, the tech pistol there. Yeah, it's an interesting point because there's also not typically a ton you can farm while just sitting there. So it's like investing time to get that loot heals, all that stuff you just talked about. Anyway, we got three buffs coming in. Tactical pistol accuracy and recoil improved. That thing was already nasty. It's even more nasty. That will be a usable solution besides just simply holding an AR. So you can go shotgun pistol now like we've seen in previous uh, seasons. Maven auto shotgun fires quickly and has improved accuracy. It's pretty much been moved to the old tactical shotgun um, stats but that was much needed because it was not very good before. Still could probably be buffed a little bit more. Have you had enough practice with it, like, against walls? Because I think the biggest downside before is, like, even at the highest rarities, it did no damage to walls. Or, better yet, the fire rate was slow to the point to where it couldn't beat the wall health regeneration. So does the changes affect anything? Not really. It still, to me, is more of, like, uh, I'm jumping in the box with somebody rather than, like, I'm trying to do any damage um, especially because the thunder pump shotgun got buffed slightly too. So it's pullout time now is equal to what we saw from the striker and the original pump. So that thing is now 
didn't know that it needed a buff, but I, I know playing with some people, they were like, dude, this pullout time is so clunky. I want it faster. Just in the back of everyone's mind, they have what is the shotgun pullout time. Now the Thunder Pump m matches that. Uh, the other changes, we got some nerfs. So Excalibur Rifle, hip fire accuracy reduced, player damage reduced, and build damage reduced. So now it just doesn't one-hit walls, which is huge. You can't just use that to pound through walls and essentially grief people that's a huge change the only one that will one-shot people now is the gold or mythic versions uh the mythic's not in competitive but the gold is if you hit somebody with a headshot then once it explodes you will one shot the shockwave hammer the recharge time went from 15 seconds to 20 seconds and we also had that fix to where you're not going to be able to deal damage through builds Additionally, if you followed Boop on Twitter, he has been posting every, every single possible way to exploit with this hammer that is ever possible because it seems like my man's trying to get this thing removed, if I had to guess. Um, but there are still lots of ways that I've seen him post that the hammer is useful beyond just a rotation method. Uh, the last one, and... This is probably the biggest one for all you competitors that were like, there's no mats on the map. Well, now rocks have been buffed. There's a lot more materials overall from the brick, especially the big 900 HP rocks. They have a ton more brick. They went from giving you like 30 now to like 120 to 150, which is a, a massive buff for mats. Yeah, 100%. I, I want to jump in on... Uh... Yeah, Boop, man. Boop's been on top of the content lately this last season. His his socials have honestly grown tremendously just from throwing out all these, uh, I don't want to call them exploit clips, but they're like tips and tricks basically to the new season on the new season's most arguably most fun, most frustrating weapon, which is the hammer. Um, The hammer was, again, in its first state, so broken. Uh, broken, mm -hmm. in fact, that you can do things like um, animation cancel and build and, again, just completely throw off your opponents and, and, and trick them into some just ridiculous plays that were almost free eliminations. Uh, but a lot of that has since been adjusted. Um, now we're leaning more towards what I would call more exploitative usage of the Shockwave Hammer uh, because now players are figuring out how to basically... Uh, drop the weapon after you use it or right before you use it to, uh, again, animation cancel so that you don't have to fully complete the animation of slamming that big hammer down, which then leaves you vulnerable and get straight to building. So as long as that kind of uh, skill gap, if you will, is still in the game currently, uh, there's going to be a lot of broken ways that this, this weapon's going to cause frustration is what I should say because it should not and will not uh, hopefully be used that way uh, in the in the future. But yeah, the, the adjustments were great. Let's talk about the significance of these adjustments. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a double-edged sword here. I was praising Epic on socials, and naturally, whenever you do that, you have everyone come out the woodworks and say, hey, I can't do that because I quote unquote work for epic so i'm a, i'm the i'm the epic shill if i if i say anything good uh but i was i was basically just happy that we got some adjustments uh but one thing that did stand out to me was like uh someone commented basically and there's like a little bit of truth to this but i want to know your perspectives 
He said, hey, monster, this is this is such a sad thing. Uh, it's all a farce because uh, Epic should have done this in the first place, and we shouldn't celebrate them doing what should have been done originally. Uh, that's how bad the state of development is, that we get basically crumbs, and everyone, uh, you know, hoorahs, like, if this is the, the biggest thing that ever happened. And there's there's a little bit of truth there, right? Because... Most of the time we get completely ignored, right? So like when you want to change, or at least that's what the history was for the longest of time. So it's almost like this uh, preconceived notion is there that, uh, yeah, we never get anything changed. So we are happy for the little bits of adjustment. But um, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't get into the rebuttal because it wasn't worth my time, but it did stay with me. Like, hey, wait, is this guy right? And then I really, I personally, I just thought about the history and I was like, no, nah, man, they've just been doing a better job tweaking the season over and over and what they did differently this time, they didn't remove the shockwave. They didn't remove the Excalibur. We got actual stat adjustments. That is what got me happy because the competitive game identity, if they just remove those things, goes right back to Chapter 3. It feels the same, pretty much looks the same, minus some small tweaks. Uh, Panda, what are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts, right, are, are definitely different. I think this year, Fortnite has stepped up in a massive way to adjust things on the fly quickly um the only the only season i think in chapter three where they didn't adjust things quickly um that they could adjust for the season let me mindfully say that was uh probably season one i know people complained about the smgs and the state of the smgs but it was very clear that they were never going to remove those and those were big hitters for the game in general now a lot of that like a lot of people that share that same perspective that you just shared they are competitive heavy players, right? Or their focus is is watching competitive, whatever the case may be. Unfortunately, that is not the opinion of the masses. The opinion of the masses, i.e. the 250 million people that played the game in the month of September, are more likely aligned with having a stronger SMG, having a hammer that does crazy things, and, and this, that, and the third. So... In retrospect, while I get the frustration there, and, and obviously the adjustments were made pretty effectively and uh, pretty quickly, I also don't think that that perspective is fair because, again, Epic has done quite a bit in the last year to continue to adjust and get better. Now, my next thing, and, and mind you, I'm not on the broadcast. I am not, as you would potentially quote-unquote say, an Epic shill, right? Um, I'm sorry, John Fortnite himself. Um, (laughs) And so uh, the next thing and the biggest thing for me is SPG mentioned in the beginning when he started talking about all this, how Hogman has been more uh, communicative on socials. It's not just Hogman. All Epic employees now are starting to communicate, hype up the new season, talk about the projects that they worked on. This is something that Epic in the past very clearly didn't allow because we never saw any kind of communication from employees. Now, going into Chapter 4, we're seeing this change. And this is a huge um, sign for the community that great things are to come. So we need to be mindful and positive going into all this. Because the more negativity out there, especially when more Epic employees are using socials, the the worse off as a community we can end up being. So I, I would normally be that guy, right? And in previous seasons, I have been that guy of like... They put something in that was completely broken and there's no reason that it should have ever been in there. But, but you are allowed to have fun. 
You're allowed to have fun playing the game. It doesn't have to be hardcore competitive. And we literally have, like, granted the placement cups tomorrow. That's a little different. But we literally have, like, a month until we actually play tournaments. And even if you're going to say the placement cup is coming up, they fixed everything before the placement cup came up. So it's like, okay, in the past, yes, that might be valid criticisms. But this season specifically, awesome. I love having some new fun things. I really enjoyed playing the game the first couple of days with all the chaos and figuring things out. And then, you know, now we're starting to get a little, little more serious. And Hogman and the competitive team taking over, doing what needs to be done. Um that's that's all I got to say about that. And they also, uh, uh, worth noting, moved the Divisional Cup or the Placement Cup. They moved it from the original date to allow for the changes of this update to take place. And then, of course, placed it inside of a new uh, tournament window. So very much great changes. We we saw them come in. I think, I think early on, people were looking to the Divisional Cup. I would say the only people that are going to be a, a slightly a bit upset are those that plan to play in the placement cup the and then the adjustment basically ruined whatever like family travels they have because this is a tough time to have any yeah. kind of dedicated scheduling around the holidays travels all that good stuff um so i know very uh specifically there's a couple of pros not many but there are pros that are otherwise affected because the, the timing sucks so uh you kind of set yourself back if you don't play your first placement cup you have to start i guess you will start essentially uh, the ladder at zero, square one, with probably everyone else as the Divisional Cup kicks off. But the best of the best should be able to rise to the top nonetheless. Um, that kind of leads us perfectly into some of the other tournament offerings this month. We teased, we basically leaked the Mr. Beast tourney just the other day on the Practice Makes Perfect podcast. Our good friend John Rush gave us some insight on uh, some, of, some of his findings out there. And it turned out they were all absolutely true. The $1 million on the line uh for a creative tournament inside the fortnite game is already taking place right now there are tons of streams out there live trying to figure out the best ways to earn essentially every single coin and token pickup you can in this creative challenge and end it the fastest time possible uh very interesting that epic has allowed for what is arguably the biggest prize pool since the world cup for an individual winner to happen uh, in the game at the start of this chapter but more importantly, there's no otherwise content being built around it. And uh, at least from what I've seen, it looks to be like some, there's going to be so many depressed winners. Only first place gets the big cash. And I was talking to my wife about this, but I was like, all I got to say is I, I, I would literally be extremely depressed if I came anywhere near the top 10. I'm going to feel so bad for so many kids who uh, do well but come up short. Like a million dollars being in your grasp you know grass yeah. within reach it's gonna suck well there's two narratives right now uh going on with this tournament right number one is is the grinders right the people that are posting um their times their points like venman for example uh he's a collegiate caster this man and, and i knew if anybody on my timeline was going to be able to fit, master it it would be this guy he has been working with a small group of people and they have found every strategy and so far they have the highest scores that I've seen across all, all of my timeline. And I've been looking, right? So that's narrative one is the grinders. People out there that are like, yeah, I'm going for this million. Then you have the other perspective. And most of this perspective comes from the pros. 
And it is kind of the salty perspective. The, <laughs> oh, why is it that somebody playing a creative map could potentially have more earnings than me or earnings than Taysen? It was the main comparison that I saw um, because of one event. And guess what? Uh, get good. Like, that's all I have to say about <laughs> it. Because realistically, if you know Mr. Beast, this is Mr. Beast, right? right? So if you're going to do a Fortnite event with Mr. Beast, it has to be true to the brand. And that map is true to the brand, and the prizing is true to the brand. And it always is. One person walks away. Very seldomly is it multiple people walk away with monies in, in a single competition. Yeah. It's usually one. So for them to do it this way is honestly, I, in my opinion, the best way to do it. And I'm happy they did it this way. And if you're salty about that, I'm sorry. Start getting better at the I, game. Here's a real question. Do you think they'll... Do you think Mr. Beast is crazy enough to try to take it one step further? And, like, there has to be, like, a video IRL component attached to this that we don't know about yet. Like, I'm thinking the people that still place high, I don't know, somehow, some way, they get contacted to or through by Mr. Beast, and then they get put in probably some whole other different IRLs. I don't know. He's crazy. He does things so off the box. Um, besides the fact that he just put a million dollars on this Fortnite tournament, which... I'm also guessing came straight from him in his pocket. I don't think this is even Epic's money. Uh, usually I'm like, oh yeah, big tournament endorsed by Epic. It's Epic's money. Mr. B's at this point, you you I can't even tell. Like this guy is just crazy. You'd have done this if you allowed him to anyway. So I'm thinking I'm thinking there's more here to be uh to be found. Um from my understanding, December 17th or so might be the cutoff. I don't exactly have that date in front of me, but it's uh it's closing in. There's only a Quite literally, a few few more days to continue to play, get your scores in, get your submissions in, uh, submissions in, as there was uh, upwards of about a week to play more or less in December 12th, two days ago from this recording, was pretty much when uh, things kicked off. So, very very interesting stuff unfolding there, and we'll see what unfolds and who takes uh, takes that all away. Mr. Beast is an interesting one, and he's actually in the game with a skin too. So yeah. he's I'm assuming the next to be introduced onto the Icon series set. Which, again, those are always major headlines. So when you get put in the game, you basically become immortalized. Not like Mr. Beast needed to be immortalized. He already did that. But he's now immortalized in Fortnite forever. Uh, let's jump into some more fun stuff that's going to lead us more into the title that we have on display here. Uh, scrims. Scrims are returning to Fortnite. Uh, and with Scrims, I, I like that we are having a shift in the seriousness of competitive this new chapter has been such a hit amongst the pro community we have uh returning professional players we have the re rejuvenation if you will the revitalization of, of folks motivation to continue to grind the game um up until this chapter europe was so far ahead of the competition practice slash scrim community uh, so far, in fact, that they have been just dominating every tournament uh, by far, even with land predictions uh, going as recent as the FNCS uh, Invitational, of course. But with the new chapter, we've gotten some uh, some revitalization of some NA interest, and it looks like the NA players are starting to step it up, starting to take it a lot more serious. Now, this could be, of course, a, a couple of things that are starting to mix together here. It's the, of course, land environments that we're just coming off the heels of. Um, even open scrims, our tournament platform, saw a 30% surge following the FNCS Invitational. And we had no additional promotion. Like, we literally took a whole year off. So that was crazy. Immediate growth. But also now, Vital Scrims, my news scrim platform, starting to perform very well. 
And Epic is seemingly allowing people to build content around this with the Spectator client, where we see the likes of Aussie Antics now putting full professional coverage over the NA East region. And in the past, this was just a thing that was, one, not allowed, but also almost like taboo. Like the NA's players, Zay in particular back then, would not allow people to watch strategy. So there's, of course, like a, a shift in hierarchy of those uh, players at the top, maybe a little bit of a, a different competitive edge, if you will. There's not many Zate-like individuals left in a space who are hyper-competitive, but it's still very cool to see any scrims, content, real practice being uh, covered now and embraced by not only the Epic team, but of course the Fortnite community. Um, SVG, any thoughts on what you've maybe been able to see or what this can do again for like the NA space in particular? Uh, so I, I think it just promotes playing the game at a competitive level because when it's only tournaments, players that want to play the tournaments are going to play the tournaments. But this is like a time where specifically only the pro players play in these lobbies. So it gives people a look inside of here's what the top level lobbies look like. And what you mentioned, a lot of these players are streaming it for content. And I know we've all been on that players need to get content out kind of horse, but this is a, a huge thing to allow them to get that content out, allow them to get practice and then also just build up the scene in general, because you know, Manu is a smart guy. He, he not only has these top level pros playing scrims, but there's a whole nother server for anyone that wants to play. They can jump in the scrims and play themselves. So it's kind of like this whole constant promotion of the competitive ecosystem that, I mean, Boop's been crushing it over in uh, EU for a while now, pretty much all last year and before. Yep. But NA's been slow. Since we lost Zate, we hadn't had real scrims to like regularly run I don't know why, or I can't tell you exactly why. I'm sure you it's have a, a better idea. Job. No one wants to do it. <laughs> Zay left. Eventually, Connor, Felix, and Cloak all lost interest months later, and it was just downhill from there. It's a thankless job. It's a tough one, right? It's volunteer work. Yeah. Well, and you're just the bad guy. There's no like, True. thank you for running scrims. It's, oh no, like this happened to me in scrims. You must fix this right now. And it's like, I don't know whether you or the other person was right. Uh, I have to be the judge and jury in these situations. So that, that's a very good point. Um, there's been some some solid standouts, though. I mean, Macwood and Threats, Jamper Paper, Nani Cooper, uh, Clarity G, I believe, Jack and Qua. So, some names that I've been seeing at the top pretty consistently, just looking at some leaderboards. I haven't necessarily watched a ton, so I don't want to say, like, for sure this is the teams. But... Based on standings, those guys have been playing pretty well, and I'm looking forward to it, especially since we're grinding this early. Well, here's my problem with scrims. Uh, we get a lot of practice, but then comes the uh, the part where players can uh, basically collude. And this has been happening in Fortnite since the earliest days, uh, way back when. And what we have right now, and this this could be a tease, this could be a real fact, but it's something we've seen before that never really gets addressed in Fortnite. Um Boogan and Peterbot have claimed the Slappy Shores. This is the easternmost POI on the outside of the map. Very reminiscent of like um, the Misty Meadows-esque kind of layout, but more, more like slurpy swamps. Like it has these barrels. It has all this guaranteed shield and uh, slap juice now, which basically is the stamina uh, uh, efficient. But what we have is that drop being split by teammates or players that have that are very much familiar and or friends with each other and what happens when 
these kind of interactions occur, they essentially team, they split a drop, they uh, handshake, or maybe they don't handshake on the idea of, hey, we're not going to fully uh, fight one another, we're instead going to just loot this place. And if anyone lands near them, you then get or become the target of both of those teams. And it's, again, one of those things where maybe there's no paper or text trail, but it is absolutely something that happens within the Fortnite ecosystem in the space. And now, with the return of the NA scrims, we're starting to see that begin to formulate. Um, and I'm really talking about Boogan Peterbot and Miro and Dukes, potentially here. Because Miro... This could be a total troll, but he's tweeting that he's all of a sudden landing at slapping. And in his tweet, he says, oh, contesting Booga all year long. Like, we know they're not really going to contest each other. Uh, teams do that just for, for the show. But it kind of reopens this discussion and kind of ignites this discussion because we've we've talked about this in the past. We've literally seen teams way back when. I don't, I don't know if you remember the Bucky situation, but there was like straight up storm surging happening uh, in the earliest days. But that's because that's what happens when you put them to play against each other every single day. Eventually, it's like putting two elite chess bots against one another. There's probably going to be the 50-50 draws, right? Wins, losses, draws. It's going to cut right down the middle, and the ultimate conclusion will be, hey, there's no reason for me to uh, basically risk my entire game by taking all the risk and battling you when we can just stalemate out. And usually a stalemate means you split the drop, Maybe you get into engagement, but you don't really ever finish it. And you go ahead and third-party everyone else around you. Um, Panda, with scrims coming back, I mean, I feel like we're already seeing this start to take place. And my problem with that is that it's on, it's especially front and center. Everyone's able to watch it. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going to see this play out. I mean, what do you think? Am I, am I reading too deep into this? Is this a problem that we have in Fortnite? Um, it's clear that Epic has this stance that they don't uh, really... I don't want to say understand what griefing is, but they don't take a stand against griefing or teaming and stuff unless you are like absolutely red hand. I'm talking like I got to hand you the cell phone with the text message in it or something like that uh, in order for this to like be action again. So what do you what do you think? Yeah, I think it's tough. I think it's tough from Epic's perspective. It's tough uh, even from a scrim perspective to try and action stuff like that because what are you going to do, right? Like you can sit here and try to action it within scrims, but if, if it, it gets allowed in major tournaments, then what can you do? Right. But again, at the same time, I remember a time where, or uh, Epic was in a position where they were actioning everybody. It was like, you talked about a little bit. It was the Creo Bucky keys and slacks days. It was that exchange over there at Slurpee, uh, Slurpee swamp in the beginning of chapter two, that once we saw that action come through, there were several other actions that happened uh pretty quickly afterwards that were similar in nature but obviously the biggest one was the creo bucky slacks and keys but since then it seems like maybe there were a few missteps where they actioned somebody and they, they it was almost like wrongful actioning and stuff and from that point on i feel like epic took a step back and they're like it's so hard for us to identify what griefing is uh, unless like you like you jokingly said unless you hand them the cell phone that shows the messages um it's a tough call and as a multi-billion dollar game because that's what fortnite is a multi-billion dollar game you can't take the risk of uh, of something as big as that which could inevitably turn into a lawsuit because there are legit contracts and money involved in all these tournaments 
So if you wrongfully ban somebody, that's a lawsuit. And it, it, there's a lot of risk that Epic takes with action and griefing, especially when it's so hard to prove. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, when, you, when you do put it into that perspective, like the lawsuit side, we've seen a, tons of silly lawsuits come out for honestly less. One of them being, I believe now, Fortnite is uh, linked to addiction uh which is trying to be argued i forgot what state it was it might be in texas texas is crazy uh in in yeah it's 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 crazy the the kind of stuff people come up with but it's basically the the setting that we're in right now we have this situation scrims are being returned it's a it's a huge net positive for uh fortnite across the board but you know we it, it opens up this can of worms and then of course this map is so small right it's much smaller than the last map uh, we have the most contested drop points of any season that we have ever seen um, to date, or any chapter, I should say, being that we're on a completely new map. So there's there's going to, I believe, be a huge upsurge in quote-unquote drama because of how many players uh, you know, inevitably have to land near each other. Uh, but everyone wants to have good tournament results and performances. Uh, Epi, you dropped something, or Panda, you dropped something pretty interesting in the chat there. Is this Is this true? Is this a leak? Is this new news? Where, where'd you see that? This is as of today. And so I for, this is my fault that I forgot uh, about this when we were talking in our pre, um, pre-chat. But um, as of, or by, I should say, 2024, Apple devices will be um, allowing third-party app, um, or third-party app stores to live on their devices, meaning that the Epic Game Store will officially be coming to iOS devices before 2024. Now do they take 30% of everything purchased on the Epic Game Store? So that will be the next debate on how that is handled. But the reason this is happening is because um, EU passed a bill that that requires this with any devices that work within Europe, that um, you have to allow for competition within your your ecosystem so in my eyes right you can't allow for competition and then still build them the same so imaginably they probably could still take a percent but it would be much yeah they definitely will it'll be a much smaller percentage maybe five percent very interesting uh and we all know if you guys don't follow tim sweeney on socials he is the most vocal of advocates when it comes down to fighting the good fight against apple and i believe he's been on this rampage for years now this is not just with this game and this uh fortnite in particular this has been stuff that's been happening for quite some time uh, all the antitrust laws <clears throat> monopolizing of um, platforms and it goes as far or as deep as other platforms like steam etc this is why epic released their uh store in their development portal and they have honestly some of the best uh percentages in I guess deals for devs jumping on the platform. They really, really, really want to push their not only the Unreal Engine, but their store as the main place to host your games and grab your sales. Not only because it's great for them, but they actually just have the best offer, uh, which is pretty great. The lowest rates, the lowest interest, the lowest percentage, um, all that good stuff. Very, very cool. So Epic Games coming to Apple devices is going to change a lot in 2024 if we think the game is booming right now and the player base is hot when it returns to apple i feel like maybe and this is just uh, could be a whim i feel like marketing for fortnite's been pretty organic lately yeah there's a lot of money that goes out 
But who knows? For all we know, maybe they've just been waiting for this to settle down, for all platforms to be up and ready, and then we can see them just go full force ahead, like nothing holding them back now. That every platform is essentially available at their disposal to market to. That's gonna yeah. that's gonna be very interesting. So we have a year until that day. We'll return to this episode in a year, mm -hmm. guys, and we'll see where we are. Um, let's jump into uh, let's jump into some last couple topics here before we start rounding out the episode. Uh, tournaments have returned. We do have the new chapter. SBG, you had the pleasure of casting alongside Jacob and Adam Savage. Practice server put together a ten thousand dollar tournament on behalf of Dignitas and Mike and Ike. We produced a, a very fun five-game Fortnite tournament early in the season, pre-changes, uh, but it was, of course, positioned to give people uh, just just an experience of what the new season was like. What were your first uh, first thoughts, first takes on watching the game play out? Uh, so, if you guys have listened, I'm typically the like hardcore competitive guy that wants no fun and just strictly competitive, but. After this tournament, I tweeted out, I would be so down for one of these tournaments to start every season because it genuinely just was a lot of fun watching the chaos. There was a couple of moments where Jacob and I are just sitting there cracking up because something that we didn't expect to happen is just going on and we're sitting there enjoying the moment and like still Boog and Peterbot won. They, they've kind of been crazy already to start playing together. Um, but we also saw a lot of good duos start to figure things out. You kind of saw who was learning this season early because that was only what, two days, three days into the season. So there wasn't much time, but you could tell pretty much right off the bat who was knowing what you should do with the hammers, who knew how good the Excalibur rifles were. And it was honestly just fun chaos that I, I, I wish we got to see more of because it's been a while since uh, we've saw one of those crazy tournaments with the best of the best. I mean, Panda, did you get a, get a chance to watch any of that? Oh, of course, man. So you had the caster POV. I had the viewer POV, right? So I I'm going to be honest. This was probably one of the funnest events to watch in recent years, be just because of the sheer chaos. You and I, SBG, have had this conversation of, of kind of why some people enjoy tuning into Zero Build versus the standard BR. And it's because there's a lot more chaotic plays. Those final moments are like people sitting in a tank one season or whatever the case may be. It, it felt like a traditional Fortnite, but that's kind of what this tournament felt like. It felt, it gave those vibes of like, hey, I'm showing up, I'm having fun, but I'm also competing for the money that's on the line. So I, I think it was an incredible event. It was really, really fun to watch. Obviously now it's going to be different with some of the adjustments in play, but still very enjoyable from a viewer perspective. That's crazy though. I I, I want to say too, my my biggest my biggest miss of all of this is that the Spectre client is not built to support the augments. Augments. We didn't really talk about how augments are like changing the dynamic of Fortnite. Um, right now we kind of have to guess and, and piece together the augments and how they affect player loadouts. But it's very clear when you see a team stopping randomly to go fish up. You know, the shield jellyfish or stopping in the bush and the HP starts to regenerate. Like, obviously, what augments that they have. Um, but that that's something I think once we get augments added to the game, that's a whole new layer of just uh, analytical points that we could speak to, uh, content to understand, maybe the strengths and weaknesses of certain teams. Uh, because there's now, again, as everything's been uncovered, uh, 
it's just becoming more and more um, evident that pros are figuring out the types of loadouts they like to run and the types of things they want to build as far as their augments go. Even redeploy. I've seen a lot of them choose to use redeploy with a hammer to get, again, just, you know, floating positions and glide, glide across certain areas for um, for rotates and whatnot. Uh, now that we've kind of watched some tournaments, yeah, have, have our thoughts changed on augments being a part of Fortnite? Uh, Life of Panda, we'll start with you. Um, I'm going to be honest. I love it. I absolutely love Augments, and I love that this is an endless possibility that has become open for Fortnite, because guess what? Augments can change season to season. New things can be added. Drastic changes to the way that the game is played can be done through Augments. And so this is a, a wormhole that has now been opened, and clearly Fortnite knows what they're doing because they were quick to remove some from competitive. So... I believe that they they have what it takes to to handle an augment system like this, despite some of it being chaotic, but still guiding it through in a very competitive way. And you know, Hogman's gonna do his best to to keep it on track. I think, like you said, one we need to be able to see them on broadcast because I was having this conversation with Lash the other day. If we're sitting here guessing what's going on, because they they are going to play a significant part, and if we have to guess what augments they get, one that's gonna detract from what's actually going on in the game and you know all of us are gonna be like well this is going on and no that's not helpful we shouldn't be guessing what's going on uh and two it's going to leave viewers wondering like what what is going on if you can't fully just hear the conversation of when we said what their augments were it's not available on the screen it's going to be a problem because we all three of us know how difficult fortnite is to watch in the first place now imagine this whole another layer that's get getting added that you can't even see what's going on. So that needs to get added. Although I do love augments uh, as an addition. I think we just need to make sure they're balanced for competitive and not everything is thrown in there, which at the moment I think we're 90% there. I, I do want to say, too, I feel like this also becomes a skill gap for commentators, right? Like, no longer can you just be a willy-nilly, uh, pick-up-off-the-street caster. Like, you kind of got to put some work into the augments if at least you want to do it effectively. Because the, the moment these things are on display, I mean, you have to be able to speak to exactly what that is, right? On, on a basic level. But it, it's signaling out and understanding what those icons are and, and what they mean. Um, I mean, myself included, it just sounds like somewhat of a hurdle here to memorize these 20 icons already, I think, that we have available. And uh, yeah, I'm not exactly looking forward to that part of it, but it does kind of change the dynamic of Fortnite. Fortnite, up until now, is arguably the easiest game to just pick up, commentate, and almost be a part of. Um, but looking beyond that, once the augments get added, uh, now I'm putting like my business hat on hiring someone to just come in and fill for a day on a major tournament is, is going to have to be a little bit more particular, probably a little more meticulous with who you kind of put up to, uh, you know, basically commentate over a, a real event because of these mm -hmm. augments. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think um, it, it creates another challenge for talent behind the camera, but I, I think also the Fortnite scene has a lot of very committed and um passionate talent when it comes to in comparison to other esports right i think everybody pretty almost everybody i should say that comes in front of the camera knows and is passionate about playing the game i mean vivid reese hub like the, 
these people uh, constantly are staying up to date and understanding everything that's going on. Reese Hub's new shorts and and TikToks have been keeping me up to date uh, on top of, of course, Boop's tweets as well um, as to every little thing that can go on. And so I think, uh, I definitely think it will show through, uh, like you said, who isn't paying attention and who is. However, for the most part, the people that are behind the camera, they already know. They're already passionate, and they're they're going to make sure they prep everything to go, despite there being, again, like you mentioned, 20-plus options for augments. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, that's just one of the latest developments, of course, coming to the new chapter. Uh, with the new chapter, we, of course, have the updated Unreal Engine graphics, the transition into Unreal Engine 5, a lot of which we've kind of talked about and uh, expressed our um, support of, and I think the overwhelming positivity from the community is the game feels uh, or looks so new in fact and feels different that it kind of does seem like a completely new but still great product to uh, participate in um fortnite creative just announced that december 15th at 2 p.m eastern there's also gonna be a closer look at the unreal editor for fortnite and more programming language that's gonna be inside of unreal and they're gonna reveal that all on the live stream so what that means, because they did push back what was the quote-unquote creative 2.0, um, but they introduced some of those changes, Panda. I'm not sure if you got to actually jump into creative yet, but you can create and customize the zone, some of the map uh, loot selections, some of the spawn selections, and the speed of which the zone and damage that it does inside the actual Fortnite world. As we know it, the current map, you can't adjust any of the features of it, but you can actually create your own dynamic map experience based off the existing updated map right now in fortnite creative which again was something that was never possible before and it supports 100 players now i haven't tested yep. creating the world and getting 100 players in but on paper from what's in the game that is what's currently available so this december 15th live stream tomorrow's live stream it's gonna be a big one it's gonna literally play the hand at what's to come for fortnite creative and uh, I definitely think this is going to be huge for multiple reasons. I think this is going to be the first in-depth look that we have leading into the launch, which, again, apparently the launch is next month. Number two to this is we did get some other updates recently uh, about um, Creative 2.0, one of them being that, that there will be future support, like we've mentioned in the past, for creating uh, skins within uh, Creative 2.0. However, it's not a first priority, and it's going to take some time. So definitely not something we're going to see at launch, but I'm excited to see what we will tomorrow because there's definitely going to be some reveals of things that we just weren't anticipating, or that's just going to make us more hyped to get this actually in the game. Yeah, it's huge. I've had a couple of like creators reach out to me too, that are working on some like full battle Royale islands. Like what do you want in a game? What would be the perfect competitive system structure, all that kind of stuff. So I know there's some, some big name creative map makers out there already working on stuff. And I, I can't imagine when these tools come out that it's not going to be a game changer. I'll, my big ask is hopefully we get some sort of search feature for different kind of maps because I, I'm not as talented as all these map makers, but I would love to play some different maps. And if it was easier to search for them, I'd be all for it. Yeah, the HUD in yeah. Fortnite is definitely one of the pain points, in my opinion. Even the current existing one, it's... Hard to just get to competitive duos. For me, at least. I don't know. I think it's gotten better this season a little bit. They restructured where competitive is positioned now. It's officially like second to the top or something like that. But maybe that's because I play it more. I don't know. 
either way, hard to navigate, really tough to get to the creative offerings. That's a fact. Uh, but I, I have gotten to test the, the world out. We at Practice Servers already started creating our version of a competitive map, of course. Ooh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Slightly faster moving zones, you know, different damage ticks, all that good stuff. Uh, because we're preparing for the next year as well. We basically want to uh, continue to work towards having our own official offering and doing it our way. Um, and yeah, I can't wait until these tools continue to flesh out and we actually get to get some players on a uh, functioning map to really see what is possible. Um, either way, that has been this week's episode. We ran through all the stuff we wanted to talk about. Uh, definitely some big stuff coming, man. The new hotfixes, new changes, Divisional Cup uh, pretty much kicking off just this weekend. Mr. Beast Tournament, Scrims returning to the game, the dynamics of tournaments and how they're going to affect the world, and then, of course, all of the new stuff to come in the future all because panda found that epic games coming apple devices 2024 so super super crazy news right there i wonder if that's a rumor maybe if he got uh, spooked out by one of those twitter posts with a, with a nope. fake account i hope it's a real i hope it's a real uh announcement there panda multiple sources and tim sweeney has responded okay. already <laughs> so it is happening okay okay well listen uh as always guys i hope you guys enjoyed this week's episodes don't forget to compl uh, send all your complaints. I was going to say, don't forget to complain to me. Like, don't don't just complain. But send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Good or bad. We'd love to hear from you guys. And, of course, find us on Twitter at Fortnite Podcast. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's been fun. I'll allow Panda to let you guys know where he's at throughout the week. You already know Twitter.com slash LifeWPanda. Make sure you're following on Twitter for everything going on. Already announcing some of the stuff. Leading into 2023, big things coming. Working on a secret Fortnite-related project. Working on the... the the um, I can't wait to announce officially. This is the name of the podcast for SVG and I. It is called The Podcast. I'm so pumped for you guys to, oh, to get oh. to see the first episode. <laughs> and so um, more on that to come very, very soon. But uh, SVG, man, let them know. Uh, yeah, don't follow me. Go follow the Comp Awards, Comp Awards FN on Twitter. It is the go-to place for the best of the best in competitive Fortnite, celebrating all that's going on at the end of the season. December 19th, voting starts, and the live award show will happen on December 30th. Also, make sure to go leave a review on this podcast because that helps us out a lot. So please do that if you're still listening, and we appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As always, guys, find me at Monster D Face across all social handles. Uh, we'll continue working on some cool stuff this year to close it out on behalf of the practice server and everything else. As usual, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, I think it also is worth mentioning, again, if you made it this far, maybe you do want to participate yourself in some tournament offerings. Jump into discord.gg forward slash NA scrims. We have returned our scrim offerings for the NA region, and we'll uh, look forward to seeing you there. So until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory house. Peace, y'all.